Welcome to Day 15 of Shaped by the Word. I'm Paul Kemp here with David Keefe, Katie Kresge, and Matt Kresge. And we continue our journey through the story of Scripture. Uh, we're reading Genesis. We started with creation, uh, and then the fall, and then the downward spiral, <clears throat> leading to God's ultimate judgment, then a promise never to judge the world until uh, the end of the ages. And then we meet this man, Abraham. And God has chosen to initiate a redemption through one man who would become a great nation, and through him all the nations of the earth would be blessed. But the drama of Abram's life is really rich. It seems almost impossible that God's promises will be fulfilled. But in his weakness and in his inability and even in his doubt, God meets Abram where he is, and his story is not only a big part of our story, but very similar to our stories in so many ways. So we pick up, we left him on Friday, uh, leaving Egypt in a little bit of shame, yet much richer as he leaves Egypt. He's compromised God's promise, but God has rescued him. And you have a foreshadowing of God rescuing his people from Egypt as well. So we come to Genesis chapter 13. But before we read Genesis 13, as always, we realize when we come to Scripture, we come to Scripture to, to see God, to know God, to be formed in his image by his spirit through his son. Uh, so we offer ourselves in the moment to the Lord. So Matt, you mind lifting us up with a yeah. word of prayer? That's great. Father, we do thank you for your word. Thank you for this time together. And, and thank you for the the transforming of work of, of your spirit um, in us every time we read um, the words on this page. On the page. And, and so Father, we ask um, as we read and dive in together that you would use your word to transform us, that you would Help us to behold wonderful things from your law that, um, Father, we would uh, not only um, study Scripture or read about the story, but we would find our place in it. We would see, um, most importantly, the, the God who is the author of, of the story. Um, Father, help us to see you and, and to worship you um, in all of your beauty and glory and majesty. Uh, Father, we praise you. It's in Christ's name we pray. Amen. Mm-hmm. Genesis chapter 13, verse 1. So Abram went up from Egypt to the Negev with his wife and everything he had, and Lot went with him. Abram had become very wealthy in livestock and in silver and in gold. From the Negev he went from place to place until he came to Bethel, to the place between Bethel and I, where his tent had been earlier, and where he had first built an altar. There Abram called on the name of the Lord. Now Lot, who was moving about with Abram, also had flocks and herds and tents, but the land could not support them while they stayed together, for the possessions were so great that they were not able to stay together. And quarreling arose between Abram's herders and Lot's. The Canaanites and the Perizzites were also living in the land at the time. So Abram said to Lot, Let's not have any quarreling between you and me or between your herders and mine, for we are close relatives. Is not the whole land before you? Let's part company. If you go to the left, I'll go to the right. If you go to the right, I'll go to the left. Lot looked around and saw the whole plain of the Jordan toward Zoar was well watered like the garden of the Lord, like the land of Egypt. This was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah. So Lot chose for himself the whole plain of the Jordan and set out toward the east. Two men parted company. Abraham lived in the land of Canaan while Lot lived among the cities of the plain and pitched his tent near Sodom. Now the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. The Lord said to Abram after Lot had parted from him, Look around from where you are, to the north and to the south, to the east and the west. All the land that you see I will give to you and your descendants forever. I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could also be counted. 
So walk through the length and the breadth of the land, for I am giving it to you. So Abram went to live near the great trees of Mamre at Hebron, where he pitched his tent. There he built an altar to the Lord. Matthew observed last week, or Matt Kresge, as the rest of you know him, observed last week in the early story of Abraham, wherever he goes, or Abram, wherever he goes, he built an altar to the Lord. But you found an absence of an altar as he moved toward Egypt. He started looking to himself rather than looking to the Lord. So one of the first things he does is he comes back from Egypt, both enriched but but deeply humbled, uh, as he goes back to the place where he last left off in his relationship with the Lord Mm -hmm. and reestablishes the habit of calling on the name of the Lord and of of worshiping worshiping the Lord. And so that's one of the beautiful movements in this this passage. I love the contrast in chapter 13 with with chapter 12 where you know Abram finds himself going to Egypt because there was a severe famine but now this time you know, this kind of next season of life he actually finds that he's got an abundance you know mm-hmm. and you're you're kind of reading this with this contrast of you know he heads because of a famine into Egypt and he's devising schemes he's you know kind of hey Sarah we're going to go this route if this happens we're going to say this and now he finds himself in abundance and there's a, a problem that's going to arise again, and, and you're watching a different response from Abram this time, where rather than kind of grasping or saying, I want the land that looks fertile, mm-hmm. you know, he, he actually lets Lot decide, and he, it's almost kind of a hands-off. And, and so just this contrast between the end of chapter 12 and chapter 13 mm-hmm. uh, is pretty fascinating to watch. And there are problems that come with poverty, and there are problems yeah. that come with pos- prosperity. Mm-hmm. And, of course, that's what they're experiencing here, that the land is... Uh, not able, you know, to support them, and of course, there's quarreling over the, you know, limited resource of those limestone hills, you know, outside the uh, city of Jerusalem or in the in, in Palestine, and uh, so Lot is, yeah, Abraham rather than scheming and and uh, working for his own advantage, actually surrenders advantage to Lot, which isn't. It ends up being kind of not good for Lot, right? Because Lot chooses his land kind of based on what, um, like a worldly perspective, I guess. So what seems like it's going to be the best for him. And um, it turns out to not be so um, in the future. But to me, it's it's a reminder just um, of when when, thing, when we make choices on our, in our own lives um, based on what seems to be the best worldly choice. Um, it's If it's not the wisdom of the Lord, um, it could be really detrimental for us um, and, and there's two descriptions in the passage it was uh, like the land of eden which is good mm-hmm. but like the land of egypt which had already been a source of temptation and a source mm-hmm. a source of failing and, and you're going to notice a progression in the text that uh, lot looks toward the plain of east mm-hmm. he sets his tent up outside of sodom and then the next time we find him he'll be living in the city of sodom uh, you know, in chapter in chapter fourteen, so he's slowly moving or being drawn in, mm-hmm. and uh, from the beginning, we're reminded that these are people that reflect the culture around them, and it's and it's greatly wicked in the sight of the Lord. Mm-hmm. Which is a definite reminder for us. I mean, I, I see us several ways, I guess, in here. If we we see Abraham, yeah, in chapter twelve, kind of looking to his own way and making his own plan, and. Chapter 13, trusting it appears God a little bit more, which we often, mm-hmm. I think, find ourselves in that balance of, at times, really trusting the Lord, at times trying to do our own thing. But then he also there with Lot where he's 
kind of close to the wickedness and the sinning that's greatly against the Lord and then gets sucked in more and more and more. So much so that I guess he's living in the city, even mm-hmm. in the next chapter, which is a reminder for us as well to be cautious of that. Yeah. There's, I, I mean, there, there is that temptation too, where if you're Abram in the story and, and you're reminding yourself, man, the Lord has just promised me this land. You know, he said to your offspring, I will give this land. And, and you're in this moment, you're looking out and you're seeing the land. You know, you're, you're thinking, that's the land the Lord must be giving me. You know, or mm-hmm. maybe that's where our hearts will go. And we see that's where Lot's heart goes. He looks and you know, looked around and saw the whole plain was well watered. You know, like the um, the garden of the Lord in the land of Egypt. And so you just have this. We, we our hearts, you know, and, and our eyes gravitate towards these things. And uh, I mean, how easy it would have been for Abram in this moment to say that must be the land the Lord is giving. And yet he doesn't. He he leans back by faith, trusts the Lord. And and I love in verse 14, it says, The Lord said to Abram, after Lot had parted from him, Look around from where you are to the north, to the south, the east, and the west. All the land you see I will give to you and your offspring forever. The, just you know, the reestablishment of those promises. You know, Abram, I, I will do this. Trust mm-hmm. me. And, and you see you see Abram you know, responding with a kind of generosity that the Lord has shown to him mm-hmm. and you see the lord responding with even greater generosity mm-hmm. uh, because he has trusted the lord and, and of course this will be a new pat a new testament pattern uh, as well paul in the middle of uh, uh difficulties in the church in philippi uh, said uh, each of you should look not only to your own interests but also to interests of others you could consider others better than yourselves and then of course he talks about christ who emptied himself and gave up everything taking on the a place of the servant, but God highly exalted him and gave him a name above every name. And of course, you have uh, the continued blessing of the Lord as, as Abram himself reflects the heart and character of the Lord in his dealing with Lot. Uh, it, it's also, you know, really possible that uh, uh, Abram was looking at this place in his life to Lot as being the one who would inherit everything that he had. And this is something that the Lord is is using to isolate Abram and to fulfill his promises to him as well. So we'll see him looking to Lot. We'll see him looking to Eliezer before the story is over and looking uh, to Ishmael. But God has something uh, deeper and uh, more significant in mind. I just think um, it's it's good for us to see the heart of God in this passage, um, especially starting in verse 14 when he when he speaks to Abram uh, after Lot leaves. And, and I, I think it reminds me of just um, how he sees, he sees him, he sees us where we are, and he communicates with us what, what our hearts need to hear when we need to hear it. And I don't know if at that point um, Abram was needing to hear some encouragement or a reminder um, of this of this wonderful promise that he's given him, but he reminds him. And um, and, I, and of course, we love verse 16, that I will make your offspring like the dust of the earth, so that if anyone could count the dust, then your offspring could be counted. And that sounds so impossible at this point, because he doesn't have an offspring at all. Um, but it's, it's just so generous and gracious of the Lord to remind him of these things um, at a time when, you know, he hasn't been as faithful faithfully walking with him um, when he was in egypt so it's just the kindness of god and of course we should remember as the story progresses that we we are that offspring Mm -hmm. those of us who have the faith of abraham are children of abraham 
and we're inheritors of the promises of this covenant. We are uh, the nations that have been blessed through him and uh, through the blessing that, you know, God has given him. And, of course, 18 ends, you know, uh, the way that, uh, uh, you know, chapter 18, you know, verse 18 ends, the way the whole chapter began uh, with a return to the habit of uh, pitching a tent and building an altar. Uh, before the Lord, that worship is a, a central response to you know God's you know generosity and God's promise. And, and you're right, Katie. God uh, God is slowly enlarging His promises. He hasn't given Abram all the information he needed. Matter of fact, he just starts with a simple uh, invitation to leave everything he was familiar with and to follow the Lord into the land that He would show him. And now He's showing him the full extent of the land. Uh, Lot has chosen uh, the valley. And that leaves uh, Abram up on the rift. And from the rift, if you look around, you can see you know, the entire panorama of the land. And it, it goes as far as the eye can see in any direction. And so Lot has a little strip. It's a good-looking strip. Uh, it's going to move him close further and further away from God. Uh, here is a promise of something that's far grander and far greater. And, of course, it moves him closer to God. Mm-hmm. You can't help but see that that contrast where as Lot begins to move into his land, you get that note in verse 13, the people of Sodom were wicked and were sinning greatly against the Lord. But as Abraham you know, walks into the land that he will receive, he builds an altar and begins to worship. And so we're watching. I mean, we're going to see this collide in a little bit, just um, what's going to happen. And possibly but, even tomorrow yeah. on our podcast. <laughs> yeah. but I, I, think it's, I think it's funny too, yeah, and a good reminder to us that I mean, this is this happened in you know space time history in in the land, and you get even these notes um, at the end of verse ten. You know, this was before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah because you know they're talking about this beautiful land. But if you would have known it at the time you're reading this, you're thinking, why that land? That land's not beautiful. And judgment came down upon it. Um, but it's it's fun to see those notes. It is all the way through. So we continue with God's faithfulness uh, to Abraham uh, after Abram's. Uh, you know, failure to trust God, and yet God restores him, and God renews his promise, and not only renews his promise, but expands his promise. And you see the wonderful grace of God to Abraham far beyond you know, anything that he deserved. And, of course, that's what grace is, an extravagant you know, gift of God to an undeserving people. And so we see that in the life of Abraham. And the only response, the only response is, is one of obedience or trust and worship. Mm -hmm. And that's what we see uh, Abram doing. Heavenly Father, thank you for your promises. Thank you that uh, you reveal yourself to us and that you lead us and that you uh, take us and show us your heart and your character and you call us to trust you. And we thank you for those who have gone before us, but more than anything else, we thank you for your faithfulness. And one who has called you, Paul, tells us is faithful and he will do it. And we thank you for what you are doing in our hearts and lives through Jesus. Amen. Amen.